welcome to the official podcast of the Australian Podiatry Association. This is where we talk about issues affecting podiatrists and their patients, as well as a range of broader issues. My name is Nello Maruna. I'm the CEO of the Australian Podiatry Association, and I'm delighted to be hosting today's episode. It might not be immediately or might not immediately come to mind when one graduates, but rural and remote practice provides great opportunities for podiatrists to develop a broad range of clinical and communication skills and to contribute to the health of the and of the communities they work. However, as equally re- rewarding as it can be, working in a, a rural or remote location can also provide a raft of challenges. Today we're joined by podiatrist Virginia Black or Ginny as uh, many would know her. Um, Ginny is a a senior podiatrist with uh, extensive experience working in both private practice and the community sector. Ginny currently works for a not-for-profit organisation in the remote Kimberley region uh, in WA, where she runs a high-risk foot service. She's also a committee member on the Advanced Practicing Podiatrist High-Risk Foot Group. Ginny, welcome to the APOD A podcast. Wonderful. Thank you for having me here. It's great to have you. To be here. And I believe you're, you're, yeah. uh, you're having a bit of a break back home in Melbourne, where you're originally from. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, been a long year remote, so it's nice to be home with family and friends mm. um, and a bit of cooler weather too. <laughs> and you were saying earlier that you, um, before off air, you were saying that you haven't been home for about nine months. Yes, so um, since the start of the year, obviously with a lot of people um, being in lockdown, um, we were were the same. We were very lucky with our day-to-day life and our our work. Um, But yes, we were sort of locked in the area in Western Australia with the hard border. And um, yeah, it's been a very long year without seeing my family and friends. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm sure the hard yards are worth it because, uh, um, no doubt your uh, your remote community and many others around the country have done done a terrific job in um, in protecting their communities. So so well done in playing a part in that. Um, we're delighted to have you here today, Ginny, to talk to us about uh, rural and remote communities. So let's let's make a start. You you graduated in. 2013 from La Trobe University. Um, so it's only seven years ago, uh, by my calculation. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been your career pathway to date, um, which led you to working in the Kimberley region in WA for BOAB Health Services? And, and was it something that you, you had always planned to do? Well, it was never ruled out. <laughs> After graduating, I actually fell into a great role in private practice. Um, that's the avenue that I'd always wanted to go into, private practice. And I learned a lot with great mentors for the first four years of my career. It was there where I was able to develop my skills, my knowledge, and definitely my confidence. Um, but actually, while I was in high school, I was at lucky enough to spend two weeks in a remote community in the Northern Territory Um, and after studying the high-risk foot at uni I had a strong interest then in this area. Uh, My partner though actually wanted to uh, return to remote communities as he'd previously worked in remote communities across Australia and so yeah call it what you want the universe, fate, God, 
we came across this job, job advert that was podiatrist wanted in the remote area of the Kimberley. Um, and I actually still remember to this day one of my first conversations that I had with my now manager. She asked me, you do realise it's remote? And I was like, are you sure? Yes. Um, that's why I applied. <laughs> uh, so I don't know who else was applying for these jobs. I knew it was remote. And yeah, a month later, we had packed up and we were on the road to Kananara, which is a remote town at the very top of Western Australia. And I've now been there for three years. And uh, when you when you say remote, um, what's the uh, what are the what are the um, you know the major points of contact? Uh, you know, so the major towns you mentioned earlier, some of the distances and times it takes to to get to some major major locations, uh, Ginny. Well, we've got Broome down the road at uh, ten hour drive. Uh, we're very lucky if we get across to the territory and go up to Darwin, which is probably another eight hour drive. Um, or we've got Perth as our major city, but that is uh, usually an expensive four-hour plane ride. <laughs> yeah, something that uh, I'm sure that a lot of uh, a lot of uh, well, city podiatrists and well, individuals, full stop, probably uh, have uh, a tough time getting their head around. Let's let's talk a more. Yeah. Let's talk a little more about your um, your podiatry service. Uh, tell us a little more about. Um, these podiatry services you provide at um, BOAB Health Services and the sort of patients that you do treat? So BOAB Health Services is a not-for-profit organisation, like you mentioned, where we have multidisciplinary primary health care services. We provide services to the people of the Kimberley region. So we actually cover approximately... 423,000 square kilometres, which is around twice the size of Victoria. So we do a lot of travelling. <laughs> we visit over 20 remote Aboriginal communities and six regional towns across this region. Um, while we are a primary healthcare service, due to the high rates of lower limb ulcerations and amputations, we provide a high-risk foot model of care. So we aim to reduce the likelihood of complications through prevention, screening, assessment, treatment, and of course, a lot of education. And many of our clients are Aboriginal people living with multi, multiple complex um, chronic conditions. Uh, the most common being diabetes and, and chronic kidney disease. And obviously, uh, highly prevalent in those communities and much you're obviously seeing a vast number more cases than you would have ordinarily seen of a high risk foot in, in a city location, I imagine, Ginny. Yes. So as many will know, um, an Indigenous person with diabetes is high risk um, until assessed. Um, so we do have high rates of diabetes in the region. So it's, Sometimes nearly an impossible job, um, but we keep trying. And, mm. and unfortunately, like that, we, we do prioritise um, those that are at higher risk within our population. Mm. Mm. Um, it's obviously a, um, a challenge, well, being in the Kimberley would be a, a challenging place to work in many ways, um, Ginny. Um, and you'd, you'd see a lot of interesting... Uh, sites and meet some interesting people in your travels. I expect you become 
part of the communities that you visit and you become become a regular and uh, somebody who's who's recognised. Um, how important has it been for you um, to fit in and learn from the communities that you work in to date? Yes, the job definitely comes with its challenges, but it is the people that you meet and that's really why you stay um, I've been so lucky to meet some of the strongest and most inspiring community members and elders. And nothing can really brighten your day like seeing one of the beautiful kids smiling and laughing, um, especially if it's just rained and they're playing in all the puddles. <laughs> but it really is our clients that keep us fighting for change and energising us to overcome the challenges that we do face. Um, but yeah, in this role, I've also met some really amazing Aboriginal healthcare workers and nurses and doctors um, and so many other healthcare professionals, really. Um, and yeah, because of the unique nature of the location, we are exposed to people outside of the healthcare um, and we're able to expand our knowledge really with other things like culture and arts and, and even how the legal system um, intertwines with health. <laughs> but, yeah, not only for my professional development, the move's been amazing for my personal growth. Um, we have made some wonderful friends and we are a part of some great community groups. Um, yeah, we're just so lucky to see some of the most beautiful places in, in Australia. So, yeah, just really thankful that we are able to experience the, the region. Mm. You touched on, um, you know, that uh, that cultural the cultural issue a minute ago, um, Ginny. I mean, have you got any examples of where, you know, you talked about the legal system and, uh, you know, obviously the um, uh, the local culture and, and its integration with that. Have you had any, any real-life examples or actual examples where it's, you know, you've had to, um, you know, adapt to, to, to fit that, that you can let our listeners know about? I'm sure there's many. Um, the region's actually just um, produced an awareness campaign about elder abuse. Um, mm. And so that's something that we, we do see quite a lot. Mm. Um and a lot of our clientele, yeah, are elders and being cared for by their families. And um, unfortunately, with some of the circumstances in which uh, we have, for example, alcohol in the, in the communities, um, yeah, it can be quite confronting and, mm. and hard to deal with. But it's, mm. at the end of the day, we've got our clients in front of us and that's how we, yeah, we intertwine between the different organisations um, yeah, using the justice system and using your social workers and mm. other organisations to come together and care for our clients. Mm. I imagine um, in a community like um, Kununurra and the, and the Kimberley um, that you perhaps even without realising become a bit of a jack of all trades. I, I imagine you, you hone a craft that's way beyond even just podiatry but much broader than that. Um, and that, you know, you're a mixture of general podiatrist, wound care specialist and a range of other components to do with uh, podiatry and even to the point where you're probably, you know, having to change tyres uh, in the middle of nowhere as well. Um, what, what are some of the more challenging yet stimulating aspects of the work you do, Jenny? 
My gosh, yes, quite literally. Um, we are all trained in changing tyres and <laughs> driving off-roads. <laughs> um, and in private practice, I actually used to think that I needed a degree in psychology or social work some days. But up here, it's a whole new level. Um, you do need to be completely across all areas of podiatry. Um, you also need to know, be able to think outside the box. Um, you want to be able to create a treatment plan that is evidence-based, yet your clients will agree to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, many people in the Kimberley are living also with intergenerational trauma, with lower levels of health literacy and the challenges um, associated with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so food, shelter, safety, and many more. Um, and in some areas of the Kimberley, there are people who are truly living in third world conditions. And I think that's still one of my biggest challenges. It's trying to break down the barriers associated with diabetes, foot ulcers, the use of camboots and darkos for those people who have bigger problems than just their feet. And we care about our clients and in particular their foot health. And as podiatrists, we know what the likely outcomes are for those clients with complications present. Mm. But we are also aware that due to the complexity of their lives, their foot health is not always their number one priority. And that's the challenge we face on a daily basis. Mm. How do we target our care to meet the needs of our clients? But as you asked, it's also a stimulating aspect, the, the social determinants of health, trying to work with these. And it's, it's like a big spider's web, and we're just trying to weave our way through it, and we're just trying to support our clients the best that we really can. How long, from a personal perspective, um, Jenny, how long did it take for you? I mean, you've obviously been there now for three years or so. Um, you know, how long did it take you to get into a rhythm and feel like you were, you know, you were really getting your head around some of the some of the issues? Because they, they, as you said earlier, they are obviously quite confronting at times. Um, and I presume if you've got to, you've got to, you know, have a number of coping mechanisms for that. But how long did it did it take for you to 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 get to that point? If you do at all. Good question. Yeah. Oh, look, I think you're constantly striving to, to create those coping mechanisms and, and ways to deal with it because you are always um, coming across things that, that affect you in different ways. But for me, I think it took me probably the six-month six mark where I just said something's got to change. Um, you're just trying to do everything possible that you can. Um, and at the six-month mark, I was starting to in a sense, burnout, I was getting tired and so forth. So I started to change things. But it was really, I think, the whole first year you're learning. You're, you're really learning the whole time. But sure. the first year it really took, yeah, the first year it really took to took me six months to learn and then six months to learn what was best for me in that role mm. to be able to provide our services for the long the long haul, really. Mm. Um. Look, I'm, and, you know, without painting too dark a picture on it, because I certainly don't want to do that, because I, I, it also sounds extremely rewarding, Jenny. but for many, it probably uh, can sound quite idyllic for some, uh, or for many, that uh, many podiatrists, so travelling to remote communities to, 
to treat and serve so many deserving people. Um, being able to stop and enjoy yourself as well, presumably, and enjoy the region is obviously a bit of a, um, a benefit that comes with it um, in some amazing country um, and some country I'd certainly like to get to at some stage. But I expect it's not always glamorous. Um, what would be some of the aspects of the, of the job that some of us don't know and can't imagine um, you'd have to manage that would be really challenging that you've, you've found in your time? You are right. It's beautiful and unique and the sights are absolutely amazing. <laughs> Having lunch on a dry riverbed under a tree is beautiful. A swim after work at the local waterhole is even better and fishing sometimes if we can, catching a barra. But, yeah, look, I'm sure other podiatrists would be able to talk about the messy aspects of their job too. I will say I've never removed so many foreign objects before. So like glass and prickles, mm. lots and lots of prickles, um, not to mention a few uh, fish bones here and there. <laughs> um, there. Then there is some interesting live foreign objects. Um, I've had maggots and ticks and unidentified insects um, and, of course, the smells that come with this. Uh, in the hot weather, especially around the build-up in the wet season when it's just hot and humid all day, every day. Um, but I don't know. That doesn't really get to me that much. Um, that's our job. And sometimes that's actually what makes the day really interesting. Mm. Um, the downside of my job, though, is is what I really could never have imagined um, it's what I'm seeing on such a young population. So it's the, the minor operations occurring to people in their 30s. It's the major amputations occurring to those in their late 30s, early 40s. Um, it's a late presentation of people who are then critically ill. Um, it's, it's trying so hard to help people um, but at the end, it's really not their main priority. And that's, that's the hard part of it. That's the messy bit to me. Mm -hmm. um, you can only do so much. And at the end of the day, it, it's definitely not all glamorous. Um, it can actually be quite confronting, sad, and, and some days actually quite heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So that's, that, they're the days that you go to the waterhole and, and fishing. <laughs> and uh, take yourself away from it. Um, it obviously comes with a great deal of frustration. Um, so, you know, whereabouts, where do you find, uh, uh, where do you experience the frustration in providing care, Jenny? I imagine wait times and ratios and the number of, number of clients that you do have to deal with uh, and the number of people that do require care can be also pretty challenging at times. You've sort of alluded to that to some extent that there are so many people and clearly, you know, you start, you see, you're talking about, um, you know, people in their 30s needing, you know, amputations uh, and more probably more frequently than, that, than we would see in, um, in more affluent um, uh, areas of the country. Yeah. Look, I think across Australia in podiatry, um, but probably across the whole healthcare system, really, we would all say the same. We need more staff. We need more resources. 
And had you spoken to me 12 months ago, I probably would have nearly screamed the same. (laughs) But I am so thankful to my organisation and our funding bodies who actually listen to the needs. Mm. And they, we have advocated for more podiatry support and we will continue to do so. But with the high rates of lower limb amputations in the region, our service is purely a high-risk foot service. So this means there's a huge need for all other aspects of podiatry, biomechanical, paediatrics, and even just general care for those people that don't have a chronic health condition. Um, It's frustrating in Kununara for both myself and the community uh, when you have to tell them that, like I said, they need to travel over 800 k's to Darwin or an expensive plane ride to Perth um, for general care if they have a heel pain, corns, mm. callus, anything like that. So that can be a very difficult, frustrating and really all too common conversation. Mm. Um, you've provided us with a pretty honest picture, Ginny, of... Um you know, of, of the life of a podiatrist in, well, in really remote Australia. I mean, it really is genuinely, you wouldn't, wouldn't, there wouldn't be too many other places probably as remote. <laughs> um, what advice would you give? I mean, there's, there's obviously going to be a number of podiatrists out there that um, are interested in taking a similar pathway. What, what uh, advice would you give a podiatrist thinking about, you know, branching out and taking their career down a similar path to yours? I would definitely say do it. (laughs) It's an amazing and rewarding experience, both personally and professionally. Um, I would also say while there is always support available, I would encourage especially new graduates to get some experience prior to working remote. Develop and refine your knowledge and skills first. Um, Rural and remote podiatry work is is probably best suited to people who have a strong sense of adventure, um, quite flexible, uh, resilient, um, but also those that have uh, a genuine interest in health, um, Indigenous health, and and genuinely care about their clients and their work. Mm, mm. Yeah. There's so much me, more, yeah. I'm sure. No <laughs> doubt. Um, Ginny, tell me a bit a bit more about about the um, uh, the the Boab. Uh, health service. Um, tell us a bit about where, where do they get their funds from? Where are they? How are they resourced? I mean, you talked about resourcing being an issue, but where do they where do they get their uh, their support from? That's always a good question. Um, I try not to get into that too much because I'm more on the ground, but we do get a lot of funding from different avenues. So um, we do get some Commonwealth as well as some state funding. Um, But then on the the sort of smaller side of it, some funding as as a registered charity, um, we're actually grateful to other organisations. So um, the Hawthorne Rotary Club and Footscape, um, who've been wonderful in in um, supporting us and our cause. Um, so they've been able to provide us and our clients with much needed resources like socks and moisturisers, mm. um, as well as larger items like cam boots and darkos and, and shoes. So... Yeah, look, we we definitely um, we do have major funding bodies, but we're um, also open to to any help and support, um, really, as 
yeah, as a registered charity, we're able mm. to to take anything that anyone would love to support us with. Because yeah, some days it's it's hard to get what we need on the ground, and yeah. and look, Boab Health are, are wonderful at doing that. Um, yeah, we secure funding from lots of different different um, rural health west are really really wonderful as well in supporting our podiatry program. Um, especially the areas that that have the high rates of um, high risk feet, so they've also been really good towards our program. Yeah, so quite a quite a range of uh, different programs that you're obviously obviously offering through Boab, and obviously not limited to uh, to podiatry as well, um, Ginny. Anything else that you'd like to to tell people about? Uh, you know, from a um, you know uh, any last words you'd like to pass on from a a practitioner who clearly has a passion for what they're doing in this community. Um, you know, is there anything you'd like to just say as a, a parting parting comment to um, mm. to people who are thinking about working in that space? I think I'd just say do it. Yeah, it is exciting, and and there are so many positive aspects to it. And I think um, at the end of the day. Our job is to help people and we really want to try and help as many people as we can. And and I think the rewards are outweigh probably all the negative things or the challenges that we've mm. discussed today. Mm. And it really is a wonderful change. And, yeah, definitely if you're thinking about it, it's something to investigate further. There's, there's, we're not the only remote town, so there's Certainly plenty not. of jobs out there. Ginny, it's <laughs> um, been... We're not even in podiatry. Ginny, <laughs> no. uh, it's been an absolute delight talking to you today. Welcome back home. Uh, and look, you, you're obviously doing a fabulous job out there and you're clearly very passionate about what you do. It's It's been a, a delight to talk to you today and to hear a little bit more about you know, about the life of a practitioner in, uh, in remote and rural communities. So thanks for, thanks for joining us. No, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Look forward to our next chat. <laughs> we will. I have no doubt we will be chatting again and um, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we, uh, we find a way to keep, uh, keep contact with yourself and, um, and the Boab Health Service. Well, that wraps thank up. You. That wraps up today's episode. Thanks again, Ginny, for, for joining us. Um, we welcome uh, the feedback of our listeners uh, and any requests for podcast topics. If you do have any ideas, please feel free to email us your feedback on topics you might like to hear um, or, uh, or any information you'd like to know a bit more about. Uh, and you can contact us at info at podiatry.org.au. And don't forget to check our website, podiatry.org.au, as a source for ongoing updates on a range of topics for podiatrists. And also, when you get a chance, take a look at our social media feeds at facebook.com forward slash Australian Podiatry Association or Twitter at APODA underscore national. In the meantime, thanks again for listening. Stay safe and take care. Bye for now.